Hail, hail, the Celts are here, and what the hell do we care now? Carl Starfell is a Celt for life, it feels like. He has just been announced as <laughs> a new player for Celta Vigo, and uh, Big Carl has left the club. Josh, you're just giving me the official statement there. Five mm -hmm. domestic honours over his time, and he's departed for a reported fee of around £4.3 million, mm -hmm. euros, quids, whatever it is. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, Big Starfelt is out, Joshy boy, and we're here for another uh, episode of the podcast. Good to see you. Well, good to be back on. Great to be back on. Obviously, we start with that news. It literally just came out moments before we came on, but I think it's it comes as no surprise. It's been rumbling away since last Saturday. Obviously, Brendan confirmed it uh, after the game against Ross County. 4.3 million, in my opinion, is a wee bit disappointing. Uh, Swedish international had two years left in his deal. Uh, I think we could have got a bit more for him, maybe made a bit of profit, but at the end of the day, I think we all know one of the main reasons why he's left um, Celtic to head to Celta Vigo is because of his his partner, Jacinta, who plays for Sporting. It's only about a four-hour drive from where he's going. Um, I think everyone at Celtic will wish him all the best. I don't think he's done the club dirty in any way, shape or form. Uh, he came on leaps and bounds, I believe, from when he initially joined. I remember that game at Tynecastle. Uh, Ange Postacoglu's first league game in charge, he was abysmal that night. And you look at how everyone's now a bit disappointed that he's leaving because that partnership he built up with Cameron Carter because they didn't even lose a league game when they started together um, was amazing. He scored a couple of goals. Um, his celebration, I think, with the, the kind of running away was quite iconic as well. Um, so, listen, uh, yeah. everyone will wish staff out all the best and I think it's all about the replacement now. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And Big Starfield definitely divided opinion when he was here. And like, I wasn't as I definitely wasn't a fan of him for a very long time. Um, overall, like, it was only a short period of time where I thought he really did pull his weight and he really did um, did himself proud in that sense, you know, because there was when he first came in so many kind of shaky moments. And but I, I do feel this that the the Jacinta element of it, like, is obviously played a part in it right but yeah. i do think at this stage it's been a bit exaggerated because like mm -hmm. if you look at set of ego they've they've got a, a little project on the go there they're playing a bit of money ball themselves on mm -hmm. a low budget and you know like starfelt should go in should improve their defense and should get them into like the top seven mm -hmm. in la liga so like if you're him at 28 years of age i know he's got two years left on his deal i know we're in the champions league and all the rest of it but some players we've seen it with joseph Juranovic last year some players want to play just mm -hmm. at the highest league they can and just try and push every bit out of their career they possibly can. And, you know, it's one of those ones where if it was like a really rubbish team, like a really mm -hmm. rubbish team, yeah. you know, I would it would be super weird, I think. But, you know, again, similar to Juranovic and, you know, Jack Amakis and whoever else, like, you know, great time. Thanks for coming and all the best. We'll see you soon. Hail, hail. Yeah, listen, at the end of the day, he's 28 years old. And if we're going to sell him, and then go and look at bringing in a young, talented guy who's like 22, 23, who has the potential for a future selling value. That's what Celtic's all about at the minute. Um, and yeah. stuff, it was only like, he's 28, so he's going to, once he's in about two years' time, he's going to hit that kind of bit of his career where he's going to start going downhill. So I think we had him for his peak years, so to speak, I would say. And I think it was excellent for us, but like I said, it's... If we are going to go and bring in someone who's young, high potential, and I think we've we've seen a couple of names mentioned, like we'll probably go on to speak about, but it's good to it's good to see that the club's doing that and taking no real no real chances of keeping him in light as well. Like he's probably wanted out, um, and I think like you've said there with Juranovic and Jack Marcus, the club are not holding him hostage and saying no, you can't leave us. You're a good player. They're actually granting him his wishes, and I think it works well because we're going to go and bring in someone decent. 
Yeah. And I was just thinking there as well, because I remember like earlier, like last season, uh, been on the show talking about the whole defender situation. And like, I remember like because of the age profile of when we like to sell these guys, particularly the three that we've just kind of mentioned there in the same breath as, mm-hmm. as Starfelt, I do feel that we would have probably liked to sell Starfelt. Like, you know, where we're definitely open mm-hmm. to selling the guy. His contract just puts us in a position of strength where we can get some sort of fee. Because if you wait past this window, you're not getting four million for him. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. this is like, you know, the kind of last chance to get that kind of fee for him. Mm-hmm. And I think he did have some injuries last year as well. We didn't play any Champions League football until match day six, the final game of the, the of the group, if memory serves me right. Um and I believe, you know, and again I said this at the time, but Moritz Jens was probably meant to be his kind of replacement. I was a big fan yeah. of, of Jens more than Starfelt. Certainly, I thought we keep Jens, sell Starfelt. And when you see, you know, the kind of moves he's been on. So I kind of, you know, I've been a wee bit skeptical about the level of some of the transfers we've been getting. Like Navroche, first of all, four million. You're thinking, you know, for me anyway, I was thinking, ah, didn't know anything about the guy. Four million quid is relatively significant. You know, like, is that a bit of a gamble? Is that a bit dicey? But from game one, he's. He's won me over quite a lot. Yeah. So this Lager BLK, you know, like mm-hmm. I think, you know, you know, we can give the scouting department a hard time. It's in some cases for maybe not pushing the boat or whatever. But I do think certainly the last bunch of defenders we've been picking up, Yuki Kobayashi to a side, you know, there's not really been many misses. So mm-hmm. this Lager BLK gets a good write up. We had a great interview on the channel earlier this week with Anel from uh, over from Sweden who broke the news. If you missed that, it's on the channel now. You can go and check it out. But uh, Lager BLK definitely has a, a, a decent profile as well, Josh. And like you say, like it's just all about moving on and getting the next one in. And you know, the the, the club, you know, we, we like getting these guys in at 23, 24, particularly in defense. You know, Navroche, the now, and then Lager BLK, they're both in that same kind of age range. The main worry I have with that, but it's similar to if we're playing Burnaby mm-hmm. in like the Champions League or whatever, is like, you know, with them being so green, with them being so wet behind the ears, you know. Are they Champions League level? Are they actually enhancing us, or are they just keeping us where we are? You know, is the the worry with, with that? How do you feel about that kind of element of the transfer policy that it's not like know, a bigger and better signing? Yeah, definitely. I think it is a bit of a, a risk, like you say. Obviously, you're bringing guys in who are 23, 24, and a lot of them probably haven't even played Champions League group stage football. Like Navroski probably hasn't had any experience of that. The likes of Gustav Lager, Bielka. Don't think he has. He's probably played in qualifiers, um, but I don't think he's played Champions League football either. So definitely, it is a bit of a risk eh, when you think of when we when Celtic play in Champions League, particularly last season, we were saying one of our downfalls was it was the likes of Rio Tate, Kyogo Furuhashi's first time playing in the Champions League, and we were very critical. We were like using that as not an excuse, so to speak, but it was one of one of our points eh, that we were talking about. And now you're bringing guys in who are not got any experience in the Champions League that's going to be their first time playing in the Champions League as well, it could be a bit of a concern. But as we say, we do have guys, they're going to be playing alongside players like Cameron Carter-Vickers, Cal McGregor, Joe Hart, who are going to help and coach them through that. And Brendan Rodgers is a terrific player. He has a great relationship with his players, so hopefully he can only help them use that experience for good. I think Lager Bielka, he gets a lot of plaudits in Sweden, definitely, over what I've read on social media. Um Looks a talented, talented player. Uh, good in the air. Uh, goal threat from corners. Good on the ball as well. I don't know if I think the plan would be to have Carter Vickers and Navroski as your first uh, first choice centre backs, and then probably Laga Bielka as a third. Then someone like Welsh or Kobe Ashi or Scales maybe as your fourth. But I feel like it would be a good signing. But at the same time, like we've said, they do have that risk in them with the with the Champions League aspect and the 
lack of experience, but you've got players who can help them. Yeah, no, fair enough. And uh, yeah, is it, yeah, big Navrachi looks the part, so I'm, I'm happy to, to keep going and rolling with the punches in the defensive front, you know. And like you say, there is a lot of question marks there, but uh, the Celtics are here. We were invited uh, into into Lennox Town, into Celtic mm-hmm. Park. Yeah, yeah, Lennox Town yesterday, yeah. <laughs> Yep. I'll try that a bit again, sorry. But yeah, uh, Celtics are here. We were invited into Lennox Town and Josh, you were there in attendance mm-hmm. talking to Brendan and mm-hmm. getting the lowdown on, you know, the latest and greatest of yep. what's going on, the moves and shakes, ins and the outs. Yep. Uh, there was a lot, to be fair. Um, we got a good 20 minutes chatting uh, to the gaffer. I think a couple of points as well, even before I uh, went into the press conference, Big Yuki Kobayashi uh, came down the stairs at the reception we were in a moon bit. So I think, don't know how long he's going to be out with that for. Um, we've got a lot of quite a lot of injury problems. We'll go on to speak about those later. But in terms of recruitment, he kept his cards uh, quite close to his chest. Uh, regarding Kieran Tierney, he was asked about that. Uh, Brendan said he's not going to get drawn in on. Well, I said his words were he doesn't deal with what ifs, um, and he said Kieran had a great time here, but that doesn't mean to say he's going to come back. Um, Brendan said he wants to add to the squad. Um, just reading here from my notes that he wants to add to the squad going forward. Um, before the end of the window, asked him about the goalkeeping situation. Uh, he said, Scott Bain, very loyal, great servant to the club, understudy, who's a modern goalkeeper. Um, asked him, Segrist, he said he's came in, not seen as much of him, and he's not very played as much as we know. We've not really seen much of Benjamin Segrist, apart from the first half against Athletic Club. Um, then Joe Hart, and speak with Joe Hart, he said he's an ambitious goalkeeper. He knows he's coming towards the end of his playing days, but he wants to maximise uh, those playing days, and he's working ever so hard to do that. Brendan says he's a great guy who makes crucial saves. Uh, it's about assessing the situation, though. He's got three weeks left, and by that time, he hopes he has everyone on board for an exciting season. So going by that, I feel like he's going to look to assess it, obviously, like he said, over the next couple of weeks, but potentially with the view of getting someone in. And I think if we do get someone in, it'll be a case of one in, one out. Um, and if we were to get one out, I feel like it would be Benjamin Segrist, uh, given the praise he gave to Bain and Hart. Um, in terms of, yeah, obviously we spoke about Tierney, um, he spoke about the Champions League as well, um, he said he wants supporters to dream, but he's also a realist, uh, he says whatever team Celtic have, it's going to be a challenge in Europe, so that was quite interesting, um, but yeah, I think there's a lot of uh, good points to take, and it was obviously great to speak uh, to the manager um, on Wednesday. The Tierney one's funny, right, because when the Tierney rumours first came out, like, let's see, a couple of months ago, I was very much like, nah, that's too much of a backwards move or whatever, right? But um, I don't know. Would you take him in for the Champions League on loan for the, the time? It's, it's It still does just feel like a backwards move, eh? Like, I think, you know, like, Tierney, like, he's also had a great time. And I think he's got some interest as well, reportedly, from uh, Real Sociedad over in Spain for a loan. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, personally, like, I think like, the next Celtic left back should be Andy Robertson, if you know what I mean. Like, see if we are yeah. like thinking about like the next time we go and spend money on a left back, we should be looking and waiting for him to come out mm. of Liverpool because yeah. that's mm. the time to get him probably. So that's kind of where I stand. There's always room. Tierney's a wee bit younger than Robbo, so there's always yeah. room for like Tierney later as well. You know, mm. so yeah. I, I wouldn't want to miss out on the opportunity to go for Robbo when it becomes, yeah. um, let's say, practical. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, so that's kind of where I stand on that personally. But the goalkeeper one, Josh, it just won't go away. You know, know. it's one of those ones that we're forever yeah. talking about and forever looking at because it's just blatantly obvious. Like, on yeah. it has to be top of the agenda, you yeah, know, definitely. Um, definitely. We've seen it on Saturday as well. Like, I think 
one of the instances in the first half, there was a bit of confusion at the back. Tony Ralston went ahead it back to back to Johnny. I don't know why he just didn't put his foot through. He chested it down and Simon Murray nearly got in on goal. So definitely there is concerns, but I just want to get to three weeks from now and see if we've signed someone, which I hope we do. Yeah, well, I've, I was having this discussion on Tuesday night on the, the CSC live stream that we do. Yeah. And a lot of the targets uh, around the most of Europe that you may be familiar with, like up-and-coming goalkeeper types or whatever, a lot of them are getting snapped up and they're, they've moved now, you know. So the market is moving away from us in that respect. A lot of people on this channel in particular, we're very much in the Livakovic bandwagon. We hope we kind of move in that direction. Um, but there's one or two other goalkeepers that may be floating around now that are maybe in that kind of mode. Like I was saying on the, the on the CSC, like, Trubin, who was the Shakhtar goalkeeper that we played against recently, he's. Yeah. I, I thought we should have pushed the boat out and you know I'd have broke our transfer record to get him in personally, but he's moved to Benfica for mm-hmm. something like eight to ten million euros. I, can't, I forget the exact number, but he's going to be displacing um, a guy by the name of Odysseus, who is now the Greece number one. I know that will give yeah. people some cold shivers down their spine, perhaps yeah. the thought of that. Mm-hmm. But um, but a very good goalkeeper. He's in his mid to late twenties, and you know potentially in the same price bracket has Champions League experience as a national team goalkeeper, um, same kind of price bracket as Levakovic, meaning. Um, so he's maybe somebody else, because it, it feels like with goalkeeper, they don't want to entertain any young players because all the young up-and-coming prospect types, like I've mentioned, are all kind of getting snapped up and we've not even been in the conversation for any of them, mm. which is the most disheartening thing for me. So yeah. if that's just not the age profile we're after, if it is someone that's closer to 30 rather than, you know, or maybe it's, an, I think with goalkeepers, one of the main metrics is for me personally is always appearance count, which is mm-hmm. why the links to guys like Kelleher or um, there's another number two as well where we're linked to from England. I forget who it was. Um, but the number two types, I, the, I'm always kind of wee bit standoffish with them because I like guys with, you know, high appearances um, yeah, sure. kind of thing. So do you think it is maybe that we're, as an older goalkeeper we're after, maybe not a wonder kid? It could be like, potentially, but I think, the issue is that now I think Brendan's he's only seen like the likes of the three of them play a couple of times and he's probably still looking at it and assessing it. But I'm sure the club at the same time do have because obviously we know what happens with the recruitment. Mark Law had the recruitment will scout out the players, so they're definitely going to have players in mind. And I would hope, like you say, it's someone with a bit of experience. Uh, you don't want to bring in someone like, like you said, Kelleher, like so maybe even Kieran Slicker at Man City, like who are going to come in and not like have the experience are going to be commanding in front of players like Cameron Carter Vickers you're going to want someone who's not afraid to go and shout at the defence for making the mistakes you know so you're going to want someone who has experience I don't know if the club will be looking someone who's upwards of 30 I heavily doubt it maybe potentially in that kind of 27 to 28 age bracket we looked at the we've seen Lovakovic obviously the links were clear there so he's in that same age bracket 27 28 not too old for a goalkeeper uh, just coming into his peak years so I feel like maybe that's someone the club could look at because Joe Hart definitely is getting on. We know we need a replacement. And he'd done this for a couple of years because we did bring him in when he was like 32, 33. So maybe they'll look for a more long-term solution because Joe Hart was certainly, I feel, a stopgap for a couple of years. And I wouldn't want to have him for more than the time needed. So I feel like maybe they're looking at someone in a younger age bracket than what we brought Hart in. Yeah, the last time we done that was Fraser Foster, really, you know, mm-hmm. and that initially, you know, and that worked out brilliantly. So mm-hmm. if you are going to go and get somebody like that, I think they need to be ex- an exceptional talent. And Forster mm-hmm. was, you know, he's, for a goalkeeper, he's a physical presence. You know, he's just yeah. he covers the goal frame fantastically. Mm-hmm. He can fly through the air. 
Um, and then obviously since then it's been the likes of you know Gordons and mm-hmm. you know Hearts and um, whoever you know guys with a bit more miles on the on the clock as it were. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, one name I would throw out there just for anyone listening. Um, but one that I would, if we are going to go for somebody that's a wee bit more, maybe just made tons of appearances and get some credentials. I'm quite close to this because I watch a lot of Spanish football, right? But there's a goalkeeper in Spain called David Soria who's 30, Real Madrid like ex academy guy, and he's won. He won like the goalkeeper of the year award in Spain like three or four seasons ago. Mm-hmm. He was linked to Real Madrid this summer, and like he didn't want to go and sit and be on the bench for Real Madrid. But he is like kind of on the market, and now I think his contract must be up next year. It's hard to get details on his contract. It won't cost very much anyway. But he is an incredible goalkeeper. Like he is genuinely, he's he's decent enough with the ball at his feet that I think any many of these modern philosophy mm-hmm. tactics he would maybe not quite get into a lot of those elite teams, but. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not terrible with his feet or anything like that. But saving and in the box and all that kind of stuff that you want your goalkeeper to do, the guy is exactly what you want, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we're going to do something shrewd, because I've seen them, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I don't think it was, it definitely wasn't uh, Celtic out here. I think it was one of the other Celtic fan websites. I forget which one to credit them. I'm really sorry. But somebody linked us to Andre Lunin, who's the number two at Real Madrid. And yep. that, you know, that's maybe got something in it, but... Uh, if we are looking at Spain, I'd rather go Soria personally. But mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, I just thought I'd, I'd, I'd throw that out. Yeah, I think there's a lot of good. There's certainly a lot of good options out there, but it's just about the club picking the right one. Uh, I think certainly, like we said, if we want someone with experience, Soria could be a good shout. Uh, I don't know what the situation with his wages would be. Um, a La Liga club coming to Celtic, but like say we're just going by speculation now and throwing names out. Um, don't know who my first choice would be. You obviously know more about other markets than I do, so I think you're probably the more educated to to comment on that. But like you say, there's there's a lot of good options, I, I believe, and I think hopefully the club picks the right one if we pick any. Too much time on my hands is probably the, <laughs> the best way of thinking about it. <laughs> but um, do we think left back, just to, before we leave the tea, anything to one side and whatever, do we think left back is something that has been looked at? Has Taylor done enough? Has Burnaby done enough? Because Burnaby's been injured, I think, for that first game. So, yeah, some people are saying to me maybe he would have started if he was fit. Potentially, yeah. And obviously, he wasn't in the squad. And I think he scored twice in preseason and he looked good. I've always said, I think, the wee man will suit Brendan Rodgers' play style more than Greg Taylor and getting up and down that left hand side. I mean, Greg Taylor wasn't bad at the weekend, but it's Ross County. So, he should be. Yeah. He should be doing well. I think. Obviously, the TNA links are just paper talk, in my opinion. Um, we've not been linked to a left-back outside that. So, I don't know if... I think if we were linked to a left-back, then you could say it's a position the club's exploring it, strengthening in. But because we've not, potentially not. But you never know with Celtic these days. Like, links will come out the night before and the deal will be completed the next day. So, yeah, it's interesting. But if we do have two options there, I don't really see a sign another until one of them goes. Yeah, the one-in-one-out mantra that we're getting. So Mm -hmm. we've got some, uh, and then the notes has been categorised as ultra-deadwood, and that feels, Mm -hmm. you know, quite apt. You know, Albion Ajete is firmly doing, uh, you know, what I used to call the Bobo Baldi, you know, but I don't Mm -hmm. know what you would call it, maybe a Carlos Tevez, or Mm -hmm. I I don't know what the modern equivalent would be, but he's just saying, I'm sitting on the last year of my deal, and there's nothing you can do about it. Um, We've got Soro and McCarthy, Kobe Ashi, of course, in the, the space boot, like you were saying earlier, uh, in Welsh, in scales, you know. So with it being one in, one out, like 
part of the quote that I heard, and you'll be able to speak on this better than me, Josh, was like mm-hmm. Brendan saying there's guys that want first-team football and they're going to get that. Those deals will be kind of moved on in the next coming mm-hmm. weeks or so. And based mm-hmm. on previous quotes, I'm thinking Welsh and scales when he says those things. Um, how did you read that? And is there anyone else you would put into that frame? Uh, into the frame, I'd put Mikey Johnston as well. Uh, he is dealing with a long-term injury, in fairness, but I don't know if he's someone that will stick around potentially with the amount of wingers we have at the club. Um, with one in one out sort of thing as well, we're talking about the likes of scales and Welsh, I would certainly take that as certainly Deadwood. It's going to be cleared. I can't think of many other players Brendan would be talking about there uh, other than those two. And if that is the case, we'd probably expect Kobayashi to stick around, or maybe even we sign another centre back along with Flagger Bielka. Um, if you're letting go of the two boys there, um, we heard Anthony Joseph on the pod last week talking about scales to Aberdeen. Uh, they want him in a permanent transfer, so maybe that could be one that's been completed. And then Welsh, it's either, I think, yeah, I, I've seen something on Twitter that he's been offered a role in the team, um, but if he wants first-team football, he can leave. Um, so I think, I, I don't know what Welsh's future uh, looks like. He has a homegrown quota player, though, um, which we don't have many of uh, these days. David Tumble's another one of those. But, yeah, there's a lot, a lot of deadwood. Sorrow is my sorrow. I was waiting to get in yesterday and he walked out of Lennox Town with a tracksuit on and straight into a taxi. I don't think he can drive. Um, so there's him, there's James McCarthy. I haven't seen a picture of him on Celtic social media channels in yeah. donkey's years. Same with Sorrow, same with Ajeti. So I think they, those three are in the same bracket outside Scales and Welsh who are actually contributing the now along with Kobayashi as well. But I think it's, it's similar to the PSG undesirable situation, if you've seen that going about in social media. That's like what Sorrow, Ajeti and McCarthy are for us. They're probably training alone or whatever and just having good vibes, enjoying their time, picking up their weekly wage without doing anything. But we'll see what happens, I think. I would expect them all to move on if the club do find potential suitors. I know there was a move to France and Ligue 2 for Sorrow. I don't know how that turned yeah, out, yeah. Though, if, if it fell apart or whatever, but I think that's true. I think that has been true. I was kind of thinking that as we're talking, so I'm yeah, sure something yeah. happened to him. He's yeah. actually gone. Yeah, he's still at, he was still at Lennox Town yesterday, but... Oh, was he? Yeah, yeah, that's what I said. He came out came out the building, he's tracks course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. straight into a taxi, so he's, he's still cutting about. But obviously, I don't know what's happening with that lead down with. But there is Deadwood. Rogers will want to clear it because it's taking up part of the wage budget as well, which the club will want to, want to cut down if we're signing new players. So they want to get rid of them, but it's just a case of finding teams who are willing to take a player like Alpine Ajeti, like who's barely played over the past couple of years, struggled with injuries. You're probably going to struggle to find a good team that's going to pay his wages because at the end of the day, he's going to want to go to someone who's paying him the same amount as Celtic are paying him. And yeah. that's probably going to be a struggle to find. Um, if like, The teams that are going to be interested in him are probably going to be less than Celtic and they can't pay as much. So it's, it's a tough predicament, but at the end of the day, we'll, we'll have to just wait and see what happens you know, with with all the players, like I think Rogers definitely wants rid of them, but most. So, I definitely get the feeling that Liam Scales to Aberdeen would only happen after we play them, um, because if it's not on loan, then we can't stop him from playing against us mm-hmm. for the rest of the season. <laughs> you know? um, so, uh, with that being match day two, I've kind of been thinking that a wee bit myself. Mm-hmm. So I've got his, I've got his cards on Surrey, and I'm kind of waiting mm-hmm. to use them for when yeah. that move happens. But we see with Welsh, I feel the same way about Ralston. I do feel the same way about Mikey Johnson. And Forrest, that if at all possible, keep the guys in the club, you know, because mm-hmm. if you can get these guys to stay around forever and, mm-hmm. you know, to a decent enough level, 
you know, like, you know, touch wood and, you know, hope it doesn't happen anytime soon, obviously. But one day Carter Vickers will move on, you know, like, mm -hmm. and, you know, when you're in these transition periods, you know, you do want to have like a foundation of a Celtic identity in the team, yeah. you know. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. So I'm glad Welsh has been offered the role. It, it really will come down to him. But hey, if he fancies yeah. doing that yeah. the now and waiting for his time yeah. to mm -hmm. really then come into his own later on, or if he wants to go and like join this Italian job revolution, probably, yeah. or you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. into the championship or something. But I think Welsh is good enough to, you know, if we give him a role, maybe by the time he is at like 27, we could be like, Vic, you know, Vickers leaves and we go, we've got Welsh, don't need to buy anyone. You know, yeah, because he's developed yeah. and came on so much, you know, potentially. So I don't think that kind of future is thought about often enough, perhaps with yeah. the fans, That's myself included. Point, yeah. But I do like I do like the thought of these guys um mm -hmm. being being offered yeah. the chance to stick about to help the club ultimately yeah. through years. Yeah. Like these guys are proven domestically, like we've seen Tony Ralston can do it in the Scottish League, maybe not in Europe in the Champions League, but he can do it against teams like Ross County the weekend. Um as yeah. in the likes of Stephen Welsh, Liam Scales. So they're good guys to have around. They're squad players, so to speak. Um, sure. And they can, they can stay in and potentially, like you say, they're still only young, so they can develop and become even better. So it's, it's only good to have. Yeah. Scales feels more like a flip opportunity for Celtic, mm -hmm. but because we, yeah, since yeah. we've bought them in from Ireland, had them yeah. in for a year or two. And then... yeah, I feel like as well as potential even make profit on that. I don't know, like bring them in for 500 grand. I don't know if Aberdeen will pay upwards of that, but. Still. Well, based on the way Aberdeen did their deals for Duke <clears> and a few other guys recently, <throat> like you know, you could probably give them to scales to Aberdeen for a few quid and then fifty percent on next yeah. deal. Yeah, because yeah. they they they've done something similar with Duke. I know yeah. scales isn't in the same category mm -hmm. of transfer as that, but like that's the way they're structuring business. So, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, it could be a good one for sure. Because then if they sell them to the championship for four or five mil, you're in for a bit of that. Yeah. That's good for Yeah, them. that's true. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so the goalkeeper situation. If if you so I. Just to kind of, I'm just going to get into all this as a kind of whole. We're definitely under the consensus. It feels like the policy is one in, one out. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, for goalkeepers, yeah. we need to wait for Joe Hart's contract to run out, which is in 12 months. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or we need some day to come and take Seagrist. So that's what we're keeping to our ear to the ground for, perhaps. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, like, yeah. So let's say Welsh and Scales leave. You have to hold Kobe Ashe because he's injured. We bring yeah. in Lager Bielke. So ah. you've then got. Vickers and Navarroche in front of them, that's your four centre-backs. Two, two at left-back, two at right-back. Yeah. You know, part of the other thing I was trying to throw at you there, I was wondering if you would if you would catch it or if you would mm -hmm. uh, throw it in there yourself, but um, in terms of when Rogers says guys that have been offered a role but they want to play first-team football mm -hmm. and that'll happen in the next couple of weeks, and we've discussed like, Scales yeah. and Welsh, yeah, sure. in the same breath, could we be actually talking about Rio Hitati? I know, it's Rodgers did not mention Hitati one bit yesterday. Nobody asked him about Hitati. Um, he didn't start at the weekend, I think. Potentially, maybe people reading too much into that. I'm not entirely sure because David Turnbull, he was sharp in pre-season and simply was on better form than Hitati. Thus, he got the start. Um, you never know about Hitati. The rumours on social media are rife. There was a video that came out the other week or the other day that was of Hitati just walking right up to the bus and not signing any fans shots but I think you can't read anything into that like you've just played football and you're wanting to just get up the road to your family and you're having to sign shots that is part of the job but at the same time he doesn't need to do it so maybe people reading too much into that is like he wants away I just think he's tumbles in better form and he's playing but I feel like if the right money did come in for Hitati I think the club 
could potentially look at selling him and I think he would be the player. He said in the past, like, my focus is on Celtic the now, but at the same time, my ambition is to play in the Premier League. So if a team yeah. did come in for him, a decent team, you never know, he's, he might bite you the opportunity. And Celtic have not been opposed to letting players, granting players their wishes, like we've just seen Mustafa out. So you never know. Yeah. yeah. So that's one thing I'm worried about in that sense. Because then, if, well, if Tati goes out, it's not really a worry. But then, hopefully, you think, right, okay, well, that's the one in, one out's kicking in again. Yeah. So yeah. we've now got. Because then, again, if we're going to reverse engineer this, you know, like like we've seen Starfelt and Lagerby, okay, really sharp. Navroche, we brought in really quickly. I think once they realised that, you know, uh, Scales, Kobayashi, Welsh, these guys weren't going to be first team, you have to go and get somebody in that's just unavoidable and then move them on later. So the one in, one out's probably set in, in turn there. So. Then if we look at the other signings we've brought in, as soon as Jota left, we signed Hyung Jun and Tilio. Mm-hmm. So is the one in, one out maybe stretched for Jota because it was a huge transfer fee and he was so good that we got two guys? And yeah. are they the guys mm-hmm. that have actually came in to replace? Yeah. And yeah. the biggest air quotes my two fingers can make. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, know. Jota. Yeah. That's a now a worry, mm-hmm. you know? I know it potentially, like... I think the thing with us the now is we have so many wide men, so many winners, James Forrest, Dyson Meda, Sertak Sabanovic, Abada, Yang. We've got Excellent. lots and lots. Like I don't know if we're gonna go out and sign another one that will replace Jota. Um you never know. I think we'll just have to wait and see. I think if we did get uh, sign one, it'd be yet again the case of one in one out, say Haksabanovic is let go of because he wasn't even in the squad at the weekend. Yeah, he's not really contributed much, so we'll just have to wait and see what happens. Um, yeah, I think it's just it's a wait and see. And I feel like Yang, though, did impress me the weekend. I've seen kind of glimpses of him that, obviously, in South Korean outlets comparing him to Jota when he was signing for Celtic. I think I could see that air about him, but at the same time, he's not really he's not really a player like him that you've bought for £1 million from the second division in Korea. South Korea is really going to come in and replace a twenty-five million pound player, Jota, like for like, probably not. So we'll just we'll see if the club do sign another player that replaces Jota. But I doubt it, unless we let someone go. Because we've also seen uh, at the weekend Kyogo get a lot more minutes than usual, which was lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing yeah. O'Reilly play past the sixty-minute mark was beautiful. But yeah. we've seen Dyson Maeda fill in at centre forward when Kyogo came off, mm-hmm. and we've had the news this week that Big O's out for six weeks as well. Yeah. Uh, so I've seen some people when the O thing came out, we're like, "Oh, we need another striker." But I firm like Dyson Maeda is striker number two, number two at the moment. I think that's the versatility we've yeah. got in the front line. Yeah, literally done it in pre-season. Scored a hat trick against Gamma. Uh, was it? Yokohama, Yokohama, Yokohama. Uh, he scored a hat trick in the first half when he was playing at striker. Um, I, previously, I didn't rate him playing in the number nine role, but after that performance, certainly you can. I think he can fill in there. And he's a second choice unless Kyogo gets injured. Maeda is not going to play there, so I think that's it's good. There was a lot of other uh, injury issues. Uh, Brendan spoke about yesterday. Uh, Lee Labada came off in eighty minutes uh, against Ross County at the weekend, but now he's fine. Uh, it was just a little knock. Marco Tilio is back in the grass and he'll be available mid-September. Uh, Rogers hopes in terms of Alistair Johnston back in the grass as well. He's up in the intensity. And then obviously, like I said, Kobayashi walking around with a thumb in it. So I feel like there's a lot of injury, quite a few injuries at the minute, but I feel like the club can get through them with the depth we have. You don't have the squad depth for nothing. And it's for situations like this. And I feel like towards kind of November, December time, when the schedule gets really tight, 
you're probably looking at these guys coming in and trying to commit. Um, so yeah, that's that's what that's what the situation is now. Oh, it was a calf injury. Uh, he had it against Athletic Club, um, and he, I think I believe he picked it up there. Um, then he played on Saturday, um, and then obviously came back in on Sunday uh, for training, and then he hadn't really noticed it. But then the medical team picked it up, and now he's going to be out for four to six weeks, which is a bit disappointing. But we do have more than able deputies. Yeah. It's good we're getting some good injury reports. It's not often we, we get that. So yeah. it kind of rolls us in, Josh. We're at match day two. We're looking at Aberdeen away. To, uh, we're away to Pataudry. And I think, like, when we've seen the, you know, the fixture list, I think like, a lot of Celtic fans thought, oh, we've got to get quite a hard start to the season. And I, I would still stand by. We probably do. You know, yeah. you know, it's definitely tough on paper. But after the way last weekend went, <laughs> we're already three, three points adrift at the top. Yeah. And... I, I indulged, uh, I've got to I say indulged, probably not the right word. I, I, I set myself up to watch, I, I watched them last night play Servet mm-hmm. on BBC Scotland mm-hmm. to go and have a wee, a wee peek to see some of their new signings come in and adapt. I've, man- I've managed to see some of these guys before Rangers signed them and I kind of thought one or two of them would be rubbish and one or two of them would be maybe halfway okay. But that game against Servet, by the way, they were rotten. So anyway... I actually think like the first four games, like because they're actually the way they've been, like the, the you know if we get this Aberdeen game right, we keep this form up, like mm-hmm. it could be uh, it could be some start to the season. It could be incredible. So does Rogers coming into this game, Josh? Mm-hmm. You know, the game plan is it stick with the best team, which is one at the weekend with mm-hmm. a very convincing attacking display from you know the likes of Turnbull and O'Reilly, Kyogo. And everyone else we've uh, kind of mentioned in, in passing throughout the show, you know, does he stick with the same team or is there going to be changes to go away to Pataudry? What do you think? I feel like it will, I think it will just plow on uh, with the same team. Like David Turnbull scored two goals at the weekend. I feel like you can't really drop a player after that. Um, Matt O'Reilly as well, he was outstanding, one goal, one assist. So you can't really drop him as well. When you're looking all over the park, Abada played well. I think he's the first choice right winger at the minute. He's going to play. Kyogo's definitely going to start. Maeda, with known Brendan Rodgers, admires him. I think he'll play as well. So you're looking all over the park and you're not thinking any players that he's going to drop. Um, and if he did, it would be a big surprise for me. So I feel like I'd, I've wrote an article for the site this morning that was my predicted lineup for Sunday. So I feel like it will just be the exact same. Um, it's Saturday, uh, just there, heart and goal. Ralston, Vickers, Navarrosky, Taylor, McGregor, Hata- uh, McGregor Turnbull, O'Reilly. Um, Abada, Maeda and Kyogo so I feel like that'll be the team uh, that goes up to Pataudry and I feel like Brendan he said yesterday in his press conference that he has good memories going up there he said he told like he does in his wee kind of manner where he'll go into telling a story um, he said one evening he went up and I think we rattled him 3-1 scored three goals in the first 10 minutes um, just towards the end of the Invincible season and so he has fond memories but he managed up there several times some great wins I remember a 4-3 victory in his third season in charge on Boxing Day. Yeah, I think Odson Edwards scored a nice chip that day. There's some brilliant memories of Celtic going up to Audrey, but it is a tough ground. Can't deny that. Aberdeen finished third last season. They've got a great side. The likes of Duke, Miofsky, Johnny Hayes. They've got great players, big talent. And they're going yeah. um, to play in Europe this season. So we'll just It'll be a tough game, but I feel like Celtic should be aiming for three points as we do. I would argue Pataudry's the second toughest game. You could play a third toughest game, obviously, behind Ibrox and then a derby at Celtic Park. So 
I feel like it's going to be a tough one and the fixtures haven't been too kind to us at the start. But I was speaking to the people I go to the game with, some of my family last week, and we were saying that you'd rather have the tough fixtures now than have them when the fixture schedule's tight in November or December. And that's what Rangers are going to have because they've got the easier run now, so they'll have the tougher run when when the fixtures get tight, which is only positive for Celtic. So we just need to get these games out of the way now and get winning, and that's what they'll try to do on Saturday. Yeah, I like that. I think as well, like Aberdeen, like I've got the stat here. We played them four times last season, three times at home due to how the split worked, and the Dons failed to register a goal. Twelve uh, nil aggregate score. The toughest game was the game at Petardry when uh, took McGregor the eighty seventh minute one nil victory. That was like the day before Christmas Eve or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, if we recall, that was Jim Goodwin. Da 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 da. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like you say, um, I, I think the Derek McInnes Aberdeen was probably one of the strongest Aberdeens I've seen, certainly. You know, so Rogers has, has beat a good team going up there. Mm-hmm. And it'll be a good team probably that goes out there. I think with the back, I, I, don't, I think the back four stays the same. I don't think, you know, unless yeah. Johnson returns from um, from injury, uh, I don't think there's any change uh, mm-hmm. in there at all. Same with the goalkeeper. But midfield is the one where I do think there's question marks coming into the game week um, or the weekend, I beg your pardon, because... Like you said there, the, the kind of Freudian slip, McGregor Hitati. It's just yeah. like it's almost, it's almost like a double barrel name, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. They've just yeah. played. It's just been stuck together. They've been joined mm-hmm. in the hip for for a yeah. year, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I think away to Aberdeen, like I don't know, dropping Turnbull or O'Reilly feels unthinkable. But mm-hmm. it might be a slightly different game. The manager might be like we've seen in preseason. The preseason mm-hmm. games, the you know the starting team changed a few times, but the subs mm-hmm. rolled on. And when you marry in like the post-match comments from Turnbull and O'Reilly talking about 60, 70 game seasons mm-hmm. and not everyone playing every week. Um, and then like I categorised Ross County last week at home to a relegation candidate last season. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the game on paper where you go gung-ho, where you go all-out yeah. attack, where you play the yeah. team where you're going to run them over, you're going to have all the possession, you're going to be shooting at any given opportunity. Yeah. And Aberdeen away isn't that game, you know? So I do feel that Ross County at home and Aberdeen away is quite a stark difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not like Hibs at home, Hearts away or something like that, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Where I, I think maybe you want somebody like Hitati to come into midfield and maybe mm-hmm. look after the ball a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But then the argument is like Turnbull... Turnbull doesn't look after the ball, but what Turnbull does do is he plays it rapid, he plays it forward, yeah. mm-hmm. and he plays it quick, you know. Like, so if that's what he wants to do, then Turnbull's fine because that's what he'll do. But mm-hmm. how do you think about that? I feel like definitely Rio Hattati and Dave Turnbull are two totally different players. Um, and like you said, Ross County at home and Aberdeen away are two totally different games. And probably the both players are probably suited to, to each game. Um, like we've said, Turnbull... Definitely the weekend we showed why we shoot to Ross County at home. Like you said, we dominated the game, scored two goals, making those late third man runs into the box along with O'Reilly. Um, but Rio Hitati more, you wouldn't really see him doing that, uh, getting in at the back post for a tap in like David Turnbull did. Um, he's more of a kind of player that will look after the ball in midfield, look, play forward passes, but sit back a bit more than uh, a Turnbull or O'Reilly did. I think we'll just have to see what Brendan does, but. I think I, I, if it was me personally, I'd play David Turnbull because uh, he'll be high in confidence. And then potentially, if it's not going too well, half time, 50, 60 minutes, you've got Rio Hadati sitting on the bench. You could bring him on. So that would be that would be my opinion. But at the same time, there is definitely a big argument and a rightful argument to to start Rio. Um, you can maybe even start Rio ahead of O'Reilly um, and have Turnbull as your, as your third man in midfield. That could be an option. But 
I feel like Matt really has to start for what he brings um, in terms of his vision going forward. He's a good ball winner as well. Um, he's got the height in midfield going up to the ground like Pataudry. It's going to be rough. He's going to bring that as well. But I think we'll, we'll see at 10.45am on Sunday when the team news comes out um, what the gaffers chose. But we'll just have to speculate until now. I would go with Turnbull, but there is a good argument for it not to be. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, so McGregor should be playing, of course. Uh, I, I think O'Reilly is borderline undroppable, really, as well, because I think he does do so much like for the full team, the full kind of shape. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. And the front feet, Abada, it did look to be just a knock at the weekend when I watched yeah. the game. And it was just like, I think he was getting subbed anyway. It was like the 80th minute. Yeah. And it was like, who came on? Was it Forrest and, and Jun? Did they come on together, maybe? And yeah, it was yeah, Kyogo and Abada that came off. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. Know? So. I didn't read too much into it, but it's good to hear. It was nothing, and he's right yeah. and ready to go. So the front three, there's definitely no change in that. Eh? Yeah. Dyson, Kyogo, and, yeah. and Abada. All day. And I think that front three, like we've seen how many go, like obviously scored four last weekend at home mm-hmm. at Ross County. With this even being a tougher game, the aggregate last season was 12-0, you know, and we did think Aberdeen, like I thought they, they've got probably two of the best strikers in the division yeah. in Miofsky mm-hmm. and Duke, you yeah. know, so, you know, with... You know, with Joe Hart and with everything else that we've been speaking about, defensive issues yeah. in the past and whatever, you know, they didn't score a goal against us under yeah. Ange. So let's see what they do against us under Rogers. Eh? So should be a good game for it. I'm quite looking forward to it. I think, yeah, and it'll be a really good, um, it'll be a really good six points to get. You know, once we've mm-hmm. once yeah. we finish the first two mm-hmm. games off, I think it'll be a good game for a win. But I do think this could be one where. Um, you know, like cards will come into this decisions mm. um, on the early half mm. of the game because yeah. uh, you know, again, like you know, goals change matches, and if something goes against you quick enough, you know, these games can can be maybe a bit more on a knife edge than you would like yeah. them to be sometimes. Yeah, I think definitely is where you want to win it because we've not we're not playing in the league until two weeks after it. We've got Kilmarnock away in the cup, so you want yep. to keep that three point lead up, maybe even extend it if we can. But just keep that ploughing on in the league. Right? After it, we've got St Johnston at home, so that's a game you're looking to take three points from. So, and I think we would take three points from St Johnston. So you're looking at if we win this, you're probably looking at nine points out of nine going into Ibrox, which is not what they're going to have. Hopefully, so no. we'll just we'll, hopefully we can take the win at the weekend. Just get through the game. I think it's the toughest we've had so far, and the toughest we'll have until Ibrox. But I think the, the boys should be. Should be taking three points. You'd be, you wouldn't be too surprised by a draw, but you'd be shocked if we lost. Yeah, I think the, the the reason I, I kind of referenced that game earlier, and it's probably the same as yourself, Josh, is like because if you're if you're Brendan, like that's the first kind of checkpoint of the season when you see the fixture list come out, you know. So you kind of look at that game as almost like a little mini final, you know, yeah. in a sense because it is such a huge game, and when you see it where it is on the, you know, it just it then kind of sets a second chapter ahead for the season when Europe will start to come in and. Yeah. All the rest of it, so that that definitely pulls me back into your starting eleven. Where mm-hmm. if you're the manager, maybe you're just preparing for Ibrox the whole time, and you just yeah. play the best team possible, and mm-hmm. you just get them right, fluid, ticking over, um, and you watch them twisting the wind with you know, dropping points away to Kelly. Yeah. Really, yeah. really, really terrible performance, yeah. I would say, against yeah. that Servette. Servette had ten men for like sixty minutes or something as well. By the way, you know, like. Yeah. They couldn't take a man on. They didn't really look the part at all. Um, so, yeah, I'm kind of just going on to Rangers bashing, which I always try to stop myself from doing because <laughs> it, can, it can just go on for too long. And it's uh, <laughs> one of those ones. 
but yeah, so I think yeah, that that then pulls me back into yeah, you play Turnbull again and you just play the best team possible and get it ticking over. So then when you go to their bit, you've got the best chance of getting the best results, not just about winning, but it's you know, as we yeah. know with these games, it's on and off the park, isn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely, definitely, man. But uh, the weekend's a big game. Um, like you said, when the fixture list came out, I looked at it as the first big point of the season for us. Um, you always look at Aberdeen away as one of the toughest games. So it's yep. just about going up there and trying to get three points, like we've said. So as, as long as they can do that, I'm sure everyone will be happy. And then we'll know what the other side of the city have done because they play on the Saturday. So we'll just see what they do. And you never know, Livy at home, we might be... Maybe going up to Pataudry looking to extend their advantage or keep it, but hopefully we can can just win the game, focus on ourselves and win the game. It's so funny if Livingston got a draw or something. Like, <laughs> it would be so funny. Because um, Livy are a bit of a banana peel team, you yeah. know, and yeah, but, yeah, obviously we know the manager of Livy. Uh, he was there last night with his season ticket. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they, they drew now with Aberdeen the first game and didn't look too bad, Livy, so we'll see what that was. They had a bit... I actually watched like maybe 10 minutes of the game. They had a big centre back that was really impressive. Um, uh, I, I forget his name, but it was. Boy like, Louis Eye or something like that, maybe. It was, it was very eye catching, yeah. mate. It was very, uh, very yeah. good on on their little pitch as well. You yeah. Know, yeah. It was very, it was really comfortable at getting getting around it and being a nuisance, like uh, winning the ball back for them and stuff. So, yeah, maybe Olivia could be a wee, wee funny banana peel. I don't know. Uh, and our game's on Sunday, isn't Sun, it? Sunday, 12 o'clock, Sky Sports. Um, Kevin Clancy, the man in charge. So, yeah. We'll, we'll you got a score prediction, Josh? Um, oh, score prediction. I haven't even thought about that. I'll give you 3 1 Celtic. 3 1 to the hoops. I'm hoping, I'll, I'll take a solid I'll take a solid 3 0. I'll try, mm-hmm. and get, try and keep that 12 0 yeah. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. build, and build upon that. I, don't know, I think we'll concede. I can't see us going up there with the attacking talent they have and Joe Hart and goals and Tony Ralston at right back. Maybe, maybe I can't see us not conceding a goal or two. But I'm dreaming. No, no, dreaming. Dream. We'll dream. I'm going to let the statistics let me hey, let me dream on this one. <laughs> well, to anyone making the journey up to Aberdeen, travel safe. Good mm-hmm. luck this weekend to everyone. Josh, it's been an absolute pleasure, mate. Are you going to make the trip yourself? No, no, I'll be I'll be in the house watching it. Um, never been up to Pataudry, but hopefully, good luck and safe travels to anyone going up there. And hopefully, the boys can secure the win. One the hoops, hail, hail.